If you got a Bible, I want to ask you to turn to Luke chapter 24 this morning. And uh, if you don't have one, no worries. Plenty of the verses are going to be on the screen this morning. Uh, I want to share with you one of the many passages about the resurrection of Christ. And uh, this morning, the message is entitled, Why Seek Ye the Living Among the Dead? Why Seek Ye the Living Among the Dead? And we're taking that title out of Luke chapter 24. Uh, Many of you, if you've read the Bible or read the, the gospel account of the resurrection, you've probably run across this passage. And so I want to read verses uh, 1, to, 1 to 10 or so, and then we'll work through it together. So if you, if, you've, if you have a Bible, just follow along, and then we'll get into the notes uh, here in just a second. Luke chapter 24 and verse 1. The Bible says, Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came into the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. And these are the women that, that came to Jesus' tomb Uh, early in the morning, the first day of the week. Verse 2 says, And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher, and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, unto the women, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Amen. And then the angel said, remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words and returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the eleven, in other words, the eleven apostles, and to all the rest. And it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. Very famous passage of scripture. Many of you probably have read uh, this portion of scripture concerning the resurrection of Christ. This morning, we're going to look at the Easter story through the lens of these women that came to the the sepulcher early that first day of the week. And the first thing I want to share with you this morning is that when they arrived at the sepulcher, They experienced an alarming inspection, if you will. There was an alarming inspection because the Bible says on this first day of the week, they had brought spices that they had prepared and and certain others with them. In other words, there was a company of women with them, and they were coming to, to prepare the body of Jesus Christ for his final burial. Three days earlier, Jesus Christ had been crucified on the cross. Three days earlier, he had been put in a borrowed tomb, and his body was anointed and, and, and embalmed, if you will, prepared, but, but rather rashly. And now these women come to the tomb three days later, later to prepare his body for its final resting place. And, and listen, when they get to the tomb, they find that the stone has been rolled away. And they go into the tomb and they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says when they experienced that, they were much perplexed thereabout. Much perplexed. As a matter of fact, three days earlier, as we read Luke chapter 23, the Bible tells us that these same women saw Jesus' body in the tomb after the crucifixion. And let me read it to you. Luke chapter 23 and verse 52 says this, this man went unto Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. This was Joseph. And he took it down and he wrapped it in linen and he laid it in a sepulcher that was hewn in stone wherein never man before was laid, and that day was the preparation, and the Sabbath drew on. And the women also, which came with him from Galilee, followed after, 
and beheld the sepulcher and now and, and where his body was laid and they returned and they prepared spices and ointments and they rested on the Sabbath day according to the commandment. And so, and so I want you to just understand that these women were there when Jesus was taken off of the cross. They were there when he was put in the tomb. His body was wrapped and prepared and they saw his body in the tomb. And so they went home and began to prepare ointments and spices for his burial. But when they showed up three days later, their preparation was in vain. Because the Bible says that he wasn't in the tomb. They didn't find his body in the tomb. The truth is they were three days too late for what they wanted to do concerning the Lord's body. And listen, I would imagine that those three days, I don't, you've all experienced loss of loved ones. I have too. Listen, for three days, I'm sure they wept for their, for their Lord. I'm sure they missed him. I'm sure there was weeping. I'm sure there was sorrow. But for three days, they also prepared spices. They prepared ointments. I'm sure they got together the, the very best things that they felt Jesus was worthy of. And they showed up on the first day of the week with the full intention of giving him a proper burial that would have been worthy of a king. And yet they got there, and the Bible says they didn't find his body. In other words, they were three days too late. Their preparation wasn't based on God's promises. And, 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 and let me just kind of back this story up of the crucifixion for just a minute, because as we read about Jesus' ministry, there were other people that walked with Jesus that realized he was going to die for their sin, and they realized that he was going to be buried, and they actually prepared in a way, in a timely manner, to bless him with spices and ointment and all these different things. As a matter of fact, uh, one of these people who was not too late in making preparation for Jesus was a woman named Mary, and I'd like to tell you about her. Her, her story is in John chapter 12. The Bible says in verses 1 to 7, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead, because Jesus is the resurrection. Amen? They made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary, listen to this, a pound of ointment of spikenard. And the Bible says that that ointment was very costly. And she anointed the feet of Jesus. She wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of that ointment. Then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, and you guys know Judas, right? The, 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 the one disciple that was against Jesus that would betray him. Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Here's what he said. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence? And if you study the Bible, a pence or a penny was, was a, equivalent to a day's wages. And so literally what Judas is saying is, what a waste. What a, I mean, we could have taken that and sold that for 300 days worth of, of wages. Why is this woman, and he's spiritual because he says, once we sell it, let's give it to the, let's give it to the poor. This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he himself was a what? And he probably would have taken his portion off the top, by the way, if he would have been given the responsibility to sell it. And he had the bag, and he bare what was put therein. And Jesus said, let her alone against the day of my burying, hath she kept this. And so I just catch the story. Here's a woman 
who knew that Jesus Christ was going to die. She knew that Jesus Christ was going to be buried. And listen, she prepared something worthy for his burial, and she prepared it in time. In other words, before he ever went to the cross and was ever buried in the tomb, she gave what was, in her estimation, something that was very costly. It, it could have been sold for 300 pence, a, a, a year's wages of, of money. She gave what she could, when she could, because Jesus was worth it. In, in, in Mark chapter 14, you get another account of this story. And Jesus says about this woman named Mary, she have done what she could, listen to this, she has come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying. And then Jesus says something very interesting. Verily I say to you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of her for a memorial. In other words, Jesus said every time the gospel is preached, people are going to remember this story about this woman that thought Jesus was worth the sacrifice, and she gave what she could when she could because she knew what was going to happen to Jesus. In other words, Mary was not too late in her preparation and, 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 and what she was willing to give for the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and so, man, listen, Mary understood that, that Jesus was going to be buried, but she prepared in the present and she said, you know what, Jesus is worth this. Many, many scholars think that may have been the ointment that she would have anointed her marriage bed with. You know, the Bible doesn't say that, but it does tell us that that, that ointment was very costly. And she was willing to give that to Christ. She was willing to give the best to Christ presently because she prepared according to what the Word of God said. Well, there's another man in this story of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection that, that's kind of mentioned. His name is Nicodemus. Many of you know the story of Nicodemus. In John chapter 3, Nicodemus is a man that came to Jesus by night. He was a religious leader, and he had some questions to Jesus, and Jesus uh, certainly uh, welcomed him and, and embraced him and taught him what it meant to be born again in John chapter 3. And so in John chapter 19, we find this same Nicodemus at, at the cross and at the tomb. John 19 and verse 38 says this, And after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him leave, and he came, therefore, and he took the body of Jesus. And there came also Nicodemus, which at first came to Jesus by night. And, and here's what he did. He brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pound weight. How much spikenard did Mary bring? And anoint Jesus. One pound. One pound of spikenard. And, and, and Mark tells us that she brought what she could. And she blessed Jesus that. She anointed Jesus' body. Nicodemus shows up at the tomb. And the Bible says that he brought a hundred pounds of myrrh and aloe and ointments. The Bible says in verse 40 that they took the body of Jesus. They wound it in linen clothes with spices as the manner of the Jews is to bury now, in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new sepulcher, wherein never a man was yet laid. And they laid Jesus, therefore, because of the Jews' preparation day, for the sepulcher was nigh at hand. The second person that the Bible tells us who was prepared for Jesus' burial is Nicodemus. Because Nicodemus didn't just happen to show up at the tomb that day with 100 pounds of ointment and spices. 
He had prepared for Jesus' burial. And listen, the point is, and listen, look at the value of his gift compared to, to Mary's. And, and both are important. She gave a pound, and that pound cost 300 days' wages. He gave 100 pounds. And if you use the same math and, and you equate the, the value of that, that would have been 3,000 day, 3, days' wages. The value of what he anointed Jesus' body with would have been equivalent to eight to eight and a half years of wages. But Nicodemus said he's worth it. And Nicodemus prepared for the present. He, pre he prepared, and he wasn't too late with what he offered to the Lord. Because he knew, listen, he knew that Jesus Christ was going to die. He knew that he was going to be buried and he also knew the third day he'd rise again. And there's just something about being right on time in our relationship with God. There's just something about being right on time. As a matter of fact, you can be late this morning. You can be too late in your relationship with the Lord, but we'll get to that in a second. Let me, let me give you one little commentary here. You know, in, in, in John's gospel, it tells us that, that all of this took place in this tomb in a garden. You see, there was a garden in Golgotha, and that's where Jesus Christ was buried. And, and I just want to make this statement. You know, the worst news, the worst news humanity ever got came from a garden. But it, but it was all the way back in Genesis chapter 3, and it was the Garden of Eden. The worst news that humanity ever got was, was that sin entered into the world by Adam. And that came from a garden. When Adam and Eve sinned and rebelled against God, the Bible says in Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men for all have sinned. And so if you're here this morning and you're part of the human race, we're all sinners because we're all a part of Adam. We're, we're all from him. And listen, that garden in Genesis chapter 3, the worst news that humanity has ever heard, came out of that garden that man has sinned. And for 6,000 years, we have certainly proved that we are sinners. We've proven it. Romans chapter 5 and verse 14 says, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. You know, you would say, well, I wasn't in that garden that day. I would have not done that. Well, friend, you wouldn't have been there, and you may not have done that, but you'd have done something else. Your sin nature proves that you're a sinner, and your sin proves that you have a sin nature. And we're all guilty. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And, and listen, just as bad as that news is that came out of that garden 6,000 plus years ago, the greatest news that humanity has ever heard came out of a garden. Amen. Because there's an empty tomb in that garden because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I just want you to understand that Christ died for our sins. He was buried in that garden tomb. And friends, he rose again. And we celebrate that every day. But especially today because the world has to reason, who is this man Jesus? Who is this man Jesus? So, so Mary offered what she could when she could because Jesus was worth it. Nicodemus offered what he could when he could because Jesus was worth it. And I just kind of wonder in my mind, when we see the Lord Jesus Christ face to face, I kind of wonder if we'll smell the fragrance of what was given to him by those that loved him. Because friends, that same body that was anointed, that same body that was prepared with myrrh and aloes and spices, that same body is the same body that resurrected out of that grave, out of that tomb, 
The same one with the holes in the hands and the same one with the hole in the feet. It's the same body. And I just have to ask myself the question, is Jesus not worth it? You say, Jay, man, that's kind of crazy heresy. Well, maybe it is, but in Psalm 45 and verses 6 to 8, when it's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, this is a messianic psalm. Verse 6 says this, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of thy kingdom is a right scepter. Thou lovest righteousness and hateth wickedness. Therefore, God, thy God, hath anointed thee, listen, with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And he's talking about the Lord. Listen, all thy garments smell of what? Myrrh and aloes and cassia and out of the ivory places whereby they have made thee glad. There were some people that had prepared for Jesus and they gave what, they, what was most valuable to them in their present day experience with him. And there were some ladies that showed up at a tomb three days late. Three days late. You see, they had prepared, but their preparation was too late. Because that body that was buried has now been resurrected. So here's a key principle, church, that we have to understand. Without faith, we'll postpone our preparation for Jesus. Without faith, you and I will postpone our preparation for Jesus. You say, what do you mean by that, Jay? Well, well, let me tell you what I mean. Number one, here's what I mean. If you're lost today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you say, well, I'll think about that tomorrow. I'll think about that next week. You know, there's a man in Luke chapter 16, the Bible tells us, a rich man that ended up in hell, and the Bible says that he realized the error of his ways, but he realized it too late. He realized it too late. Luke chapter 16, verse 22 says this, It came to pass that the beggar died, and he was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And the Bible says, In hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments. And seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried, and he said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. Friends, you don't want to go to hell. You, you don't want to go to the place of torment. You don't want to be in a place of eternal damnation, burning. Listen, this man realized, I've made a mistake. Verse 25 says, but Abraham said, son, what's the next word? Remember. Remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest good things, and likewise, Lazarus, evil things. But now, now, presently, he is comforted and thou art tormented. Right. You see, the rich man realized too late that he needed to be saved from his sin. And I'm afraid hell is full of people today that, that waited too late to respond to the resurrected Jesus Christ. I'm afraid hell is too late. It's full of people that just waited too late to understand the, the brevity and the gravity of eternity. And they sat through a church service just like this or many others, and they heard the preacher preach, and they considered what was being said about Jesus Christ. And in their mind, they say, I got next week to think about it. And I got next month to think about it. And I'll get to that next, next year. And then when they finally decided to make preparation, it was too late. Friends, don't walk out of this room today without having your eternity settled and secure in Jesus Christ. I mean, listen, the rich man waited too late, but, but let me also give you the other side of the coin. You know, there are lost people that wait too late. 
But you know what? There's a lot of Christians that are saved, and they won't go to hell because they're born again in Jesus Christ. But there are a lot of Christians that wait too late to live their life for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's just too late. You see, there, there, there are Christians that waste their life and live for pleasure and the lust of this world. And, and listen, they, they are entangled with the, the, the riches and the cares of this life. And at the end of the day, we're all going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ as children of God. And, and listen, and on that day, when we stand to give an account of our life as a Christian before the Lord Jesus Christ, you know what the realization is for some of us? We're going to realize, oh, it's too late. It's too late. Uh, time's up. I, I, I can't prepare. I can't, I can't give. I can't serve. I can't do anything for the Lord anymore because, because, it, because it's too late. You see, the difference is Mary and Nicodemus acted on God's promises. They knew that Jesus Christ would be buried. They also knew that he would rise again. And if we don't anoint that body now, friends, we won't have a chance. <laughs> So they gave what, was, what, was, what, what they were willing to do, and they gave the greatest of what they could gave, give in the present time they could give it. And these women showed up, listen, they, they showed up, and, and they had good intentions, but the realization is they showed up too late. And the Bible says in Luke 24 that when they showed up at that tomb with all these ointments and with all these spices, look, they had prepared just as diligently as the other people, but the tomb was empty. You ever wonder what they did with all those spices and anointments and, and, and al- I mean, what did they do? I mean, listen, you have prepared for three days and you brought the wagon, man, and you've got all, it's like us preparing, you know, for Eggapalooza, man. You've got all this stuff. You've got thousands of eggs. But if we, if we did that like today instead of yesterday, it's all for naught. <laughs> we missed the opportunity. The Bible says in verse 4 that they were per- perplexed. They're about. In other words, they just didn't understand. Uh, they were confused. And, and that's how operating outside of faith leaves us many times in our life. It leaves us perplexed. Friend, if you're not perplexed in this life, you will be when eternity starts. You'll be perplexed if you wait too late to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you'll be perplexed as a child of God waiting too late to serve the Lord. The beautiful thing is, this morning, if you're here, it ain't too late. It ain't too late. It's not too late. By the grace of God, God brought you here this morning. It's not too late. Let me give you a second key principle. Listen, when our preparations aren't according to God's promises, they're going to leave us perplexed. When, when our preparations aren't according to God's promises, they are going to leave us perplexed. That's, that same word, perplexed, is also translated doubted in your Bible. And these women showed up and there's an empty tomb and they have all these, all these spices and ointments to anoint Jesus's body. And it, and it just says they're perplexed. I mean, they're full of doubt. They don't even know what happened. They're confused. And, and listen, they wasted their time. I mean, three days wasted preparing, maybe two days because of the Sabbath. But, but they wasted their time because they weren't preparing according to God's promises. They wasted all the resources. Listen, imagine how much money they spent on all those ointments, on all those spices, on all those different things. Imagine how much money they had spent to acquire those things to anoint Jesus' body. And then they get there, and you can't even use it. Isn't that the worst? I mean, all y'all love money. Don't be lying, and don't be, like, super spiritual. Take your, turn your halo down. I mean, listen... <laughs> 
Turn it down. It's blinding me. Whatever they invested, they probably thought Jesus is worth it. But then they get there, and there's no outlet to, to anoint his body. They're, they're, they're doubted. They're doubting. They're perplexed. And, and they're emotionally distraught. And, and, you know, listen, let me just say this. They got a mental disorder. And I'm not telling you to stop taking your medicine, but I am, I am telling you this. If you don't live according to the power of God's promises in your life, you will be perplexed and full of doubt and wandering aimlessly in this world. And so, and so they get there, and I know you're looking at your notes and looking at the time and saying, how can we finish? And <laughs> it's okay. I prepared the sermon. And so and point number two is this. There's an angelic inquiry. And let's just pick it up in verse 5, because the Bible says this. There was an angelic inquiry. The Bible says, as they were afraid and they bowed their faces to the earth, these two angels said to the women, why seek ye the living among the dead? Now, time out. How many of you have ever heard that verse before? You've heard, you've heard that verse. Why seek ye the living among the dead? Can I ask you a question? Based on their behavior, were they seeking the living or were they seeking the dead? They weren't even seeking the living. They were seeking the dead. They showed up with a wagon full of ointment and spices to embalm a body. And so they weren't even looking for the right things. And these, these angels, man, they, they asked the right question. Why are you even here? Why are you even here? And why did you bring that stuff? We don't need that anymore, right? It, it, they, were out, they were in the wrong time. They weren't properly prepared. So here's the key that you need to get down. Look, what you believe about God's promises determines what you seek in life. What you believe about God's promises determines what you seek in life. Now, I don't know you. I would love to sit down with coffee with every one of you individually and just have a conversation about life and, and who you are and what you're seeking. But here's what I already know about you, even though I just met some of you. You're already seeking things in life based on what you believe about that book. You already are seeking things in life based on what you believe about God's promises or whether or not you really believe them or not. And so the question is, what are you seeking? What are you looking for in this life? What are you looking for? You know, most people in this life don't really know what they're looking for. Now, they think they do. They think they do, but they really don't. And they look for fulfillment and satisfaction and meaning and purpose in jobs. And they look for those things in relationships. And sometimes they look for it in a bottle or an achievement. And the question is, what are you looking for? And the second question is, why are you looking for it? Because Jesus, those angels asked those women, why are you seeking the living among the dead? In other words, why are you even here? Jesus isn't dead any longer. And if he's not dead any longer, why are you here at a tomb? He ain't here. He ain't here. And so listen, the undeniable reality, reality is there's only one thing that can satisfy any of us. Any man, any woman, any child, listen, to satisfy your soul, to give you the answer to the finality and the ambiguity and the uncertainty of life, Jesus, the living Savior, is the answer. And if you're not seeking him, friend, I don't know what you're seeking. You're not properly preparing your life. And so thirdly, this angel, these two angels, they give an intervention, and maybe God will give us one this morning, uh, and point number three, an angelic intervention, because in verse six, the Bible says he's not here, but he's risen, 
And then the angels called them to remembrance. He, he says, remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee? Now listen, time out again. Can I take two time outs this morning? The angels knew where these women were sitting in church when Jesus taught about this. In other words, they know where you're sitting this morning too. And so the intervention begins with this call to remembrance. The angels reminded them that Jesus himself had taught that he's going to resurrect from the dead. Chapter, chapter uh, 24, verse 7, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And then verse 8 says, They remembered his words. So verse 7, the key is, these women had to be reminded of what God said. Now, the reason you have notes this morning is not because I want you to follow along and, and fill out the blanks and you get like a cookie if you fill out all your blanks after this. Okay, uh, you know, maybe a jelly bean. I think we got a few of those, but, you know, Corey's already scrambled around in there and got all the good ones. All right, so listen, uh, God wants you to remember what he says. And, and so we use things like slides. We use things like notes. We, we want you to remember what God says. And, and listen, sometimes we forget we need to be reminded of what God's word says in our life. That's why you need to be in church every Sunday. Amen. Whether it's this church or your home church, you need to be in church every Sunday so you can remember what God says so you know how to live your life. So let me give you a few of these passages. I'm, just, I'm not going to read them all for time's sake, but there's five or six passages. Let's look at Matthew 17, verses 22 to 23. This is the passage that the angel said, hey, don't you remember? Jesus taught you that. Look at verse 23, verses 22. And while they abode in Galilee, there it is, Jesus said unto them, who said it? Jesus said it. The Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of men, and they shall kill him, and the third day he shall be raised again. And they were exceeding sorrow. And, and what the angel did was he just took them right back. Don't you remember on this date, you were sitting in church, and Jesus was the preacher, and here's what he said. Don't you remember? And they were like, oh yeah, that kind of rings a bell. I can't remember that day. I did have coffee that day and a donut, but I can't really remember what Jesus... No, no, look, remember what he said. And so they had to be reminded, and, and friends, listen, we all need an intervention, amen? Man, we, we sit under the teaching and preaching of God's word, and, and many times we walk right out of here on a Sunday morning and we forget what God said. That's why you need to come back next week so you can remember, you can remember what God says, so you can live your life on purpose presently so that you're not too late for the things that really matter in life and so the bible says they were reminded verse 8 says they remembered they remembered and, and god god allowed them the remembrance now i want to i want to just give you the last part of this and then we're done you see how fast we did that i know some of you were sweating bullets there for a second i got easter lunch man in the oven i'm gonna burn my house down if jay you don't finish up all right so no that's not gonna happen listen we are just like those women, because many times in life, we walk by sight instead of faith. We look in a, when it, we look in a tomb, and we see Jesus' dead body, and we think, man, he's going to be dead forever. And we forget that God promised, no, he's not going to be dead forever. It's three days, and then he's coming out. And that will never be repeated again. He died, and he resurrected. And so if you go look for a dead body today in Jerusalem, you're not going to find it. And it will never happen again. He'll never die again, Romans tells us. He did it once. And he did it for our sin. But so many times we live life late and unprepared 
and unfocused because we get away from God's promises. We get away from God's promises. And I want to encourage you this morning, church, and, and all of us, man, as we celebrate the resurrection of Christ, let us learn to be a people that are prepared. Let us learn to be a people that are prepared for his coming. Let us be prepared to see him face to face. Let us be prepared for eternity. If you don't know Christ today, today is the greatest day. Every day is the greatest day, but today is the greatest day to be saved. You may have walked in this morning and said, man, I've been putting off this thing of Jesus for a long time. Don't put off any longer. Show faith, exercise faith in your present circumstance. If you're saved today, but you haven't walked with God the way God wants you to, don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till next week. Start today. Walk in your present time today because Jesus is worth it. He is worth it. And listen, when you give him everything that you have in this life, your time, your talent, your treasure, friends, he is worth every bit and, by the way, so much more. We can't give him enough of ourselves. He is worth it, and in all of eternity it will matter. Well, let me show you how the story ends. The story ends with authentic instruction because these ladies learned their lesson. And, 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 and when they learned their lesson, the Bible says in verse 9 that they returned from the sepulcher, and here's what they did. They told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. And then it gives us their names, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. In other words, they returned and they reported. They went back and said, you know what? He's risen. He's risen. They had a message with meaning. They, they were living their life on purpose. And here, here's the reality. Listen, for every Christian in the room, God's called us to go and report that Jesus is alive. You know, Facebook's a dangerous thing, and so this week all the people on Facebook are arguing about Jesus and the resurrection and which day did he resurrect, and, you know, is it Good Friday, is it Bad Wednesday that he was crucified, and, and all these different things. And those are cool things to talk about, don't get me wrong, because I love the Bible, and I'm all about talking about those things. But somebody asked me a question on my Facebook page, well, which day do you celebrate Easter? I said every day. I celebrate it every day. I've, ce- I've celebrated it every day. Since July 11th, 1997. Because I was dead in my sin. And the resurrected Savior died for me. And somebody brought and reported to me a message of redemption. That you could be saved from your sin, Jay. You need to prepare now for eternity. And listen, somebody gave me that message and I responded in faith to what Christ did. And it changed my life. And there's not a day that I haven't woke up and thought first thing. Thank you, God, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Listen, when we walk in God's promises, we will give instruction. We'll report who Jesus is to other people. The reason we don't have a strong testimony or the strong witness many times is just because we don't remember his words. We don't remember his words. And we need to have a message of redemption that this world, we do have it, that this world needs to hear. And so, listen, close your Bibles this morning. Let me... Let me challenge you maybe with three thoughts, and then we'll pray and we'll dismiss. I want to ask you, number one, maybe you feel like it's too late this morning. You know, you may have walked in this morning on your last leg, full of frustration, full of fear, perplexed, full of doubt. May not even consider it being worth even being here today, and a friend, you know, promised you some Easter candy if you'd come, and you came. I'm glad you came. I want you to understand from God's word, if you're here this morning, it's not too late. It's not too late. 
it's not too late to get saved. You say, Jay, you don't know what I've done. Friend, I would say this to you. Whatever you have done, Jesus' blood is able to cleanse you from all sin. And, and if, God, if God can save a sinner like me, he can save a sinner like any of us. It's not too late to get saved. Jesus Christ bore our sin. He shed his blood on the cross of Calvary. Your sin can be forgiven today, but you have to come to Christ in faith today. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. You're not guaranteed next week. You have today. Will you come? Will you come to him today? That's the first challenge. Secondly, listen, some of us are saved this morning. But the truth is we aren't preparing anything of value for the Lord. We're not preparing anything of value. We're not preparing anything of value. I want you to understand, Christian, it's not too late. It's not too late. If you will repent this morning, if you'll turn back to Christ this morning, it is not too late. If you will live your life according to God's word and God's promises, why are you seeking the living among the dead things in this life? Why are you hanging out in the tombs that, that ultimately is where we all belong because of our sin? And why are you not clinging to the resurrected Savior? Listen, today it's not too late. It's not too late. But you have to respond in faith to Jesus Christ. He is alive. What are you seeking today? What are you seeking and why are you seeking it? It's not too late. Friends, it's not too late. Will you focus your life on eternal things? on heavenly things? Will you give your life as a willing sacrifice to please Jesus Christ? The truth is, some of us need a Holy Spirit intervention this morning. We need to remember God's words. God cannot lie. By the way, if Jesus didn't come out of that grave, if Jesus would have came out of that grave on the fourth day, he's a liar. That means he's not God. God's promises are sure. He cannot lie. We need to remember God's words are true. He cannot lie. He will not lie. And listen, that is the reason that we should mobilize and go tell somebody about Jesus. Let me close you with 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 to 15. It's in your notes. The Bible says that the love of Christ constraineth us. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And friends, that's all of us. One had to die for all of us. And that he died for all, that they which should live should not henceforth live unto themselves. We're not, we're not called to live unto ourselves. We're called to live unto him which died for them and rose again. So guys, I want to challenge you with that promise from the scriptures. It's not too late. You can decide today, man, I want to live my life for Jesus Christ. You can decide today I need to be saved from my sin. Don't be like the guy in Luke 16. And realize too late, too late I should have responded to who Jesus was. Let's pray.